It's good to see you all here. And we got these strangers back here again. Erwin and Joyce hiding back there. That's great. It's good to see people seeping back in, seeping back in. That's great. Welcome to all of you. Today we have Craig with us again. Uh, his wife said she didn't want to come because she didn't like us. So <laughs> Craig tells me that she, she sings in the choir at Little Swatara, and uh, today's her day to sing. So she's ministering there, and uh, we have Craig with us to bring the word. So that's wonderful. Uh, I don't think I have anything else to, to uh, point out to you. There is a, a, a leaflet in your bulletin about the pastoral search that's going on right now and how things stand with Pastor Sandy. Uh, as you know, his last Sunday was last Sunday under his contract with us, and uh, he will be... Uh, away from the congregation for a time period. Uh, that's just the way the brethren do it, that they don't have a pastor coming in who is retired or resigns or whatever, sitting in while another pastor is preaching for fear there will be interference. So, uh, and that I don't think would be the case here, but it's a practice that we do. So just read over that and... Uh, we're going to go along with what, what God leads us to do. Well, let's do our joys and concerns, and uh, we'll get those. Christine, any updates? Okay, so everything, you sh should be on the prayer guide. Okay, all right. Do we have anybody else that would like to share something? Okay, I got Harriet and I got Nancy. Let's do Nancy, she's closer. Uh, it's not on. Battery lights on. The switch is on. Okay, we're going to do this. I just want to praise God for his mercy, his faithfulness, his protection. I think Davy will maybe share, so I won't take from him. But for ourselves, our neighbor called Joel yesterday afternoon around 4. There was a tree that split the lower trunk. I don't know how many feet. And it was leaning towards their house. Uh, that would be Kim and Keith Yoakum, Goldie's daughter and her husband. And Joel went over and he put us... This isn't on either. It's not, not coming through. I'm praising God for his goodness, his faithfulness, his mercy, 
his protection. Uh, Joel got a call from our neighbor, Kim and Keith Yoakum. Kim is Goldie's daughter, native next door to us. And there was a tree she knows was split at the trunk and it was leaning towards their house. Uh, it was a very tall pine tree. Joel went over, they put a strap, he put a strap around it, attached it to another tree to help hold it up. And a friend of Kim and Keith's came who used to take down trees and with a come along, they were able to help straighten the tree and sawed it and tightened the winch. And it came down beside the house. It missed, missed the house. It missed another tree there. No one was hurt. Nothing was damaged. So we praise God that it didn't come down during the night as it could have. And with Davy, he has his own <laughs> miraculous rec uh, report too. And then on our prayer guide, I asked, asked Joyce Strickler. There's a Kelsey Hauser who delivered a baby boy and had sepsis, was in ICU. She said both mom and her son are at home. They're doing well. And this mom had a miscarriage at eight months last year of a little girl. So praise God, their mom and baby are now doing okay. I want to say, Nancy's saying about the tree and an accident. There's been another miracle, Davy Coble. Yeah, Davey, the tree. Yeah. Do you want to share that, Dave? Okay. That Davy, yeah. Cause that that's that's a, Davy has photographs. It's unbelievable. Now, let me get back here to Harriet. I have a praise. Our grandson, Rodney. He's better, his liver and spleen shrunk, and his numbers are good, and he might come home tomorrow. Wow. And, and his wife, she stayed with him every day and every night, and she says he had a great physician, the Lord. Absolutely. And they're not giving chemo anymore. Wow. Yeah. Yes, yes, wonderful. Our prayers are answered. Yes. Wow. Hey, why should we be surprised? Why should we be surprised? Who else? Karen. I'll catch Davy. I just want to thank everybody for um, all the prayers for my mother-in-law. Um, we made it through the funeral. I think everything went really well. Um, yesterday, we, my husband decided that we were just going to everybody come to the house. So we started with the oldest son, went through all the grandchildren to the youngest great-grandchild. Everybody made it through the house six times, picking things that they wanted. Um, and I wouldn't have cared if I got anything because the best news of all is they agreed to a price that my son can buy the house. So... <laughs> My grandkids, um, well, two don't know yet because they're with their mom, but the two oldest will be very excited because they already have animals at the barn. <laughs> and then um, my nephew, who is my, eight, uh, my daughter's age, so he's 38 years old, um, Dougie Bechtel, he was at the funeral. He was up at Grandma's yesterday, and he didn't say a word until everybody picked everything. And 
Um, he said, I think I need to go to the hospital. My leg is really swollen. It feels hot to the touch. Um, they admitted him. He has an infection in his leg, so please pray for him. Thanks. Dougie. Well, we call him Dougie. It's Doug Bechtel. Yeah. Okay, Dave. Let me get back there to you, please. Uh, the angels are all over everybody this week. Oh, the definitely the windstorm. The angel was over me on Friday night when I, the trick fell on my truck. Saved my life. They, the angels are over top of me. Absolutely. You, you have to stop Dave after worship and see the photographs of his, uh, his uh, vehicle. It's unbelievable that he survived. Seriously. Seriously. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I guess I guess it's I guess it's Okay. Oh, I can do this. Was there anybody else? I walked up here and didn't ask if there was anybody else. Craig, you didn't have anything? Okay, very good, very good. Well, we do have a hymn to sing, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it's number 65, The Wonder of It All. Isn't that truth? Number 65. Let's stand and sing that hymn. On Craig to bring the message this morning. Craig, thank you for being so willing to help us out. It's a pleasure to be back again. Uh, sounds like you have a, a lot of uh, things to be thankful for from what I heard here during our prayer time and stuff. And uh, the Lord is good all the time. And uh, my sermon today, it didn't get in. There was a little mix-up between me and Mike, so it didn't get in the bulletin. But the scripture is the main scripture of the summary is going to be John 13, 4 and 35. And the sermon is about how we should love like Jesus. We're commanded to love like Jesus. But we really can't do that if we don't understand how much Jesus really loves us. Uh, that's a. Uh, I, I think a big part. I mean, his his love is immeasurable. Uh, it's more than the grains of sand in, along all the beaches. Uh, it's more than the number of stars in the sky. So if we can't really grasp how much he loves us, I don't think we can really love like him. But uh, we'll, we'll sort of dissect it a little bit as we go here, and uh, hopefully it'll put us on the path where, where people can start seeing more of the love of Jesus and more of Jesus in our lives. What do you want to know? 
What do you want to be known for in your life? The answer to that question probably changes as your life changes. When you're younger, we may want to be known as a sports star in school, our academic abilities, our social cir uh, circles. As we get older, we want to be recognized maybe for the job we do, maybe later on how much money we have and stuff you have at home, all the toys. Maybe you want to be known as a good person, a family person or somebody that helps in the community. That is what you want to be known as, but what are you actually to be like? If you ask a friend or a family member right here to identify you with one word, what would they say? Determined, hardworking, kind, generous, loving? Or maybe it would be selfish, stubborn, argument, greedy, or angry. But whatever you want to be known as, or are known as, Christians, as Christians, there is a certain way we are to be known. Many people in the world see the church and Christians in not a great way. They think we are judgmental, mean, and angry. Many people outside the church have similar views. Gandhi, when he, as Gandhi once said, I like your Christ, but I don't like you Christians. You Christians are unlike your Christ. Now, oftentimes, when people say something like that, they don't have a, a full understanding of who Jesus is. But still, that is what they think. They have a positive view of Jesus. When they think of him, they think of good stuff, but not of his church. They don't think good stuff of his church. That can be disheartening at times, especially for those of us who are committed to the church. That idea can kind of push you back. It's discouraging. But I believe we can change that. We can change how people view a Christian and how they view the church. Might not be an instant change, it'll take time. And it won't always be easy because Jesus had a way he wanted us to be known. He told his disciples the night before he went to the cross, Jesus is spending time with his disciples, and he said just, <clears throat> and he has just done the amazing act of washing all their feet. He is beginning to show them how much he will do for them, and Judas has kept, just left to go betray him. And Jesus begins to teach his disciples, as he often did, but because this is his last night with his disciples before, before his crucifixion, it feels important, like the last thing he wants his disciples to know and understand before he leaves. And he said these amazing words in John 13, 34, and 35. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Uh, I had a commentary that I, I wanted to read about on that. It says, to love others, my glasses are dirty. <laughs> <laughs> to love others was not a new commandment. 
but to love others as much as Jesus loved others was revolutionary. Now we are to love others based on Jesus, sacrificial love for us. Such love will not only bring unbelievers to the faith in Jesus, but it also keeps believers strong and united in the world of hostility to God. Jesus was a living example of God's love, as we are to be as well. When you are faced with Jesus' teaching, do you automatically think about the people in your life who are hard to love or whom you feel like you can't love? The love of Jesus calls us to show seems yeah calls us to show seems impossible human impossibly in order to have this this kind of love we need to humble ourselves by realizing that Jesus died for us and our unloving sin then we need the holy spirit to pour out god's love in our hearts so we can love others in romans 5 5 is another one that you can look up later to goes with that. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it seems simple, but amazing at the same time. I do believe if all Christians put this verse to practice, we could change the world. If we love like Jesus, imagine the difference that would make. But before we look at how the love like Jesus, we have to look how Jesus loves us. I love to think about what was going through the disciples' heads when they said, heard this, because I bet at first a lot of them didn't think this was a new commandment. They had not been told already to love, they already had been told to love God back in Leviticus. But then Jesus says this, love each other as I loved you. Think about how he loves us. He loved tax collectors and fishermen. Many of them were people that others hated and they considered them rejects or traitors to their country or they were just not good enough. But Jesus welcomed them in. Jesus loved the underdog most of the time. He loves everybody, but he really catered to the underdogs. He gave them an invitation to do something great in following him. This love changed their lives. It gave them all a new direction in life, a new path. The Apostle John was so changed by this that he later simply called himself the one that Jesus loved. That's what he was known as, the one that Jesus loved. This love changed him in so many ways that it became how he identified himself. That was all that was important to him. He didn't need to be recognized by any of his acts, accomplishments, or achievements, other than the fact that he was loved by Jesus. The disciples knew they were loved. They were willing to live and die for him, give up their lives for Jesus because of his love for them and how it changed them with his death and resurrection. So think about how Jesus has loved you and me. We're sinners. We were born evil. But he still loves us. He loves everyone. He loved everyone. He even loved the Pharisees that, that put him on the cross. And and because uh, he said, Father, uh, please forgive them, for they know do not know what they have done. Uh, 
There's no one he doesn't love. We could spend hours talking about Jesus and how much he loves us. And we could spend hours on scripture that tell us how much he loves us. Just think of what he has done for you with his love, his sacrifice. He accepted us. He will make us more than conquerors. He changes us. He challenges us. He changes our heart. He forgives us. He doesn't ask us to serve him. He came to serve us. He is patient with us and so much more. With his grace, we are brought, we are brought in as children of God, children of the Father. Because of Jesus Christ and what he did for us, he, he has made us holy. We need to grasp and hold on to this because it wants to change how the world sees us. How the world sees the church. We need to first grasp how much Jesus loves us. This is a process we will walk through the rest of our lives, understanding, comprehending how great God's love is for us. Just like the prayer Paul, just like the Paul, yeah, prayer Paul prayed for us in Ephesians 3, 14 through 19. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of the glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the sins that he has taken, shed his blood for to make us holy in your sight, Lord. We just praise you, Lord, and... We hope that you can make each one of us in this congregation uh, an image of Jesus Christ so that people may see Jesus in us even if we don't uh, say a word. Just by our actions, Lord, uh, we can reach people just by the way we act. Not the only way we act here in church, but how we act out among them, others in the world, Lord. Let them see Jesus Christ in us so we may bring them to you for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. When we are rooted in his love and begin the journey of understanding his love, it, was, it will fill us with the Holy Spirit and change us. It'll change our hearts. And when we are changed, we will live differently because we are living out of the knowledge that we are loved by God. We will realize that we need to love others too, and we can begin to follow this command, take steps to love as Jesus has loved us. It must start with the love. It must start with his love because it enables us to love others. And when we love as he has loved us, the world will change. Our lives will change. And when the church has gotten this commandment right, when this has been obeyed, 
lives have been changed. The world has been touched. When this has been lived out, when the church was being persecuted, killed in the early 200s, the theologian Tertullian said, the persecutors would say things like, look, they love one another, or look how much they already, they are, look how much they love one another, for they are ready to die for one another. That is an amazing testimony. I had shared a, some of my testimony the last time I was here and preached to you. And uh, it really wasn't part of my sermon that day, but uh, I, I, I was just led by the Spirit to share some of it. And I did get into a little bit about when my uh, son, uh, uh, he's a, an alcoholic and drug addict, a recovering one. And, uh, but he, his, his recovery hasn't been without bumps. And I can remember as I read this one uh, about how much Jesus loves us. One day me and him got into a pretty heated argument because he had a relapse and uh, I'm only human. I lost my cool with him a little bit and uh, he's a pretty big boy. Uh, he's two or three inches taller than me and probably uh, he doesn't have a belly like me. His weight is mostly muscle. <laughs> And uh, he, we got in each other's face. And uh, I, by the end of the conversation, I can just remember him breaking down, crying, and uh, saying, Dad, why must you love me so much? Why can't you just let me do my thing and die? And uh, that, that's not something a father wants to hear or, or a Christian wants to hear. And it's something that... Uh, you know, and I told them, I said, I would, I would rather die for you than you die from, from this drug thing. And he, he realized by the end everything was calm and, and stuff. But this just came up to me because this is how much uh, I loved him as a father that I was willing to die. And Jesus and God, this is how much they even love us more than that. You know, you just can't explain to someone how much they love uh, so I just wanted to share that part with you. Not to just say, say that, but when you look at things like hospitals and, and orphanages and so many charities that were started by Christians and Christian organizations, they were started out of love. They were started out because God loves someone, they love someone, and it just kept going. Those things have changed the world. The Apostle John, I mentioned a couple of times, as one who was taken in by the love. He said in John 1, 4, yeah, in 1 John 4, 7 through 11, he said, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love, this is how God shows the love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loves us. And he sent his son an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. 
John couldn't help but love others because of the amazing love Jesus put in him. He saw the life that he was able to live through Jesus Christ and through Jesus Christ's love. He saw that God truly loved him and that God loves others, so, need, so he needed to do the same. Our lives are supposed to mimic Jesus as, as Christians. Uh, like I, I said in my prayer, it's not just what we do in this uh, church. It's what we do outside of this church. It's who we reach outside in our everyday lives. Uh, if we just did it on a Sunday, Believe it or not, the world would be a lot worse than it is already, and it ain't so good right now. But I do see from day to day, I see a lot of evil, but I do see a lot of love out there. Because if we actually know God, we will know that he is love. We are going to love others. How can we not love one another if God loves us and we know that? But how do we do it? Because I know the unloving things that I do sometimes. Sometimes it seems so natural. I gossip. I'm sure some of you gossip. We talk down. We judge. A guy pulled out in front of me on my way here. Uh, it's a good thing I was coming to preach. I actually said, I'll pray for you. <laughs> uh, we don't always have the patience or the unforgiveness that we should have. It is easy to fall into these old unloving habits. It's, it's nature for us. It's the way we were born. Maybe not, things, maybe not things are as bad as that, but just not overly loving people staying back. By love requires us to take action. I don't know how many of you have ever heard of C.S. Lewis, but I like to read a lot of his commentaries. Lewis put it this way, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor, act as if you do. As soon as we do this, we find one of the great secrets. When you are behaving as if you love someone, you will pre presently come to love them. So I think what he's saying here is uh, that if we just start doing things, it becomes repetitious. And repetitious becomes contagious. It'll come to your heart. The love will come into you as you start, you know, he's saying pretend that you love him. Uh, it's not really that hard. <laughs> Take action to show love. It's not putting on a show. It's not putting on a fake smile, but it is an attempt to grow love towards others. If you are wondering how to love, think of Jesus. How does he act? Look at his patience. Look at his patience with us. Look at his generosity with us. He accepts us no matter what. He accepts us even before we accept him. He loves the people that still didn't accept him. We must be like, we must be like that too to others. Not everybody's going to accept us as Christians. I have some friends that can't accept uh, the fact that I'm going to be a pastor. I have a couple of them that haven't spoke to me since. We were camping this weekend just at a local campground down at Charlottesville, and uh, my niece is a, a dermatologist, and uh, everybody that was sitting around the fire yesterday, it was a little cool and windy, but the sun was pretty bright. 
and a lot of the people there got sunburns. And it came up, everybody would ask her what they thought. She said, you know, I, I really hate telling people what my profession is, she said, because they always want me to look at something like a skin tag or a sunburn or a mole. She said, so I, I usually don't say nothing. I said, Brandy, I said, I don't have that problem. I tell people I'm going to school to be a minister, they walk away from me. They don't want nothing to tell so, <laughs> She just laughed. <laughs> The amazing thing, as hard as this is, at a time how meaningless it feels, it works. Somehow love to people, as simple as it sounds, is difficult. There are people out there that it is difficult to love sometimes. It can feel like you're being taken advantage of, like you're not making an impact. It feels like no difference is being made. But I can tell you, Love changes lives. It makes people stop and notice. It can make a difference. The world will know we are different because of our love. This, you all met my wife the other week when, I, when we were here, and uh, that was the second time we were here. And uh, she, I have a lot to be thankful for of the 41 years that we're married. Uh, when we were in high school and stuff, I wasn't the nicest guy on the block or, or anything, and my life could have went a hundred different ways. But Jenny sort of uh, took the reins, and, and uh, I often tell her she saved my life. She, uh, she kept me away from the drugs, and she kept me away from the alcohol. And yeah, so just her love changed my life is what I'm saying. Think of your own life. Take a moment. The people who helped you get to where you are. I just talked about one of them people. Those who helped you in your faith. They loved you. Sometimes by doing just simple things. They made it a profound impact on you. Just maybe by somebody praying for you. Or giving you a call when you were down and out. And... Uh, I've often made calls just because somebody popped on my mind and I figured, well, they need to hear from me, so I call them. I think of some of the people who made a huge impact in my life. The biggest thing they did was they showed up. They were present in my life. They cared about me. They asked questions. They prayed for me when things were rough. Celebrated when I was happy about, unhappy, or when I was happy about things. Even those things seemed small and insignificant to them. They still cared because they loved me. The people show, showed me so much about how they love like Jesus. Because of the actions we take, they will know we are associated with Jesus. Andy Stanley says that we should bring, <clears throat> bring people to the edge, the edge of our lives. As they look over, they will see and be in awe of how much we love each other. What if we treat our family members in this way? What would non-Christians say? I don't know if I believe what they believe, but based on how they treat each other, I want my kids to, be, to marry a Christian. Or maybe they would say the same thing and say, I don't really believe what they believe, but the way they treat each other 
I want to work for one of them or have one of them work for me. That is the power of loving people. It changes us. It changes the world. We should live such a way that makes people stop and wonder and scratch their heads. I've done some things already that made people scratch their heads, but not for that reason. But when they see how we live, they should pause and think because it is so different to everyone else around them. I'm not going to keep you here a couple hours like I promised. <laughs> but as we finish up today, I have a couple questions. Uh, first, what actions do we need to take? It might not be big and flashy, but it's just simple. It doesn't matter of our age or our skills. Anybody can learn to love and show love. What are you going to do <clears throat> today or tomorrow, next week, next month, or next year to show love to others? Something I want you to ponder this week. And uh, there's a lot of scripture you can look up on, on loving like Jesus. Uh, right now at Little Swatara, I'm leading, I, I lead the Wednesday night Bible studies there, and uh, we do them on Zoom. So and right now we're in the fruit of the Spirit. If anybody would be interested and wants to join us, you're more than welcome. See me after the service. I'll get your email, and I'll mail you the email you the link if, if anybody would want to do that. Uh, but just, just ponder that this week. How, how, what, what can we change, not just to, just to uh, change things in this building, but how, how can we change outside? Just starting with the community. I, I would assume the community around here is Hershey. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure there's some little towns in and out of that. But things that we could do as, as uh, as not just as a Conoago, but as the Church of Jesus Christ and change some lives. What image does your life portray to others? Do they see the love of Jesus in your life? And uh, I'm just going to let it right there, and then I'll, I'll close after. We have another hymn to sing, or, and then I'll give a closing statement. All right.